How are we starting? You want to You're start? starting. I sound well, like a redneck when we start. <laughs> Hi, Philo. Welcome to the Our Infinite God podcast. This podcast exists to encourage the local church to right thinking and right actions by meditating on God. We believe that right understanding of our infinite God will give us a clearer picture of everything else. My name is Alex Cook. My name is Philip Long. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Alex. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. You doing all right today? Better than I deserve. Amen. Amen. I am really looking forward to uh, this episode today. We are going to come back to an attribute of God and discuss yes. that together. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I just listened to um, Spurgeon. He was talking about what better is there for us to think about mm. than God himself. Yeah, that's good. I'm excited we're doing the attributes of God. And uh, yeah, and this is, so which one are we going to talk about today? Let's talk about immutability. Immutability? I like saying that word. Uh, I think I saw that word on Jeopardy. <laughs> probably so. Yeah? Probably so. Uh, well, what is immutability? Yeah, immutability is a big theology word for just just to mean unchanging. Okay. So when we say God is immutable, we're saying He does not change. So if you can't remember that word, and you don't really need to, you can just remember God is unchanging. You know what helped me remember it when I was studying immutability? Is that the word mutation. M-U, M-U-T, mutation is a change. Right, right. And so immutable, it means not to change. That's what immutability means. Yep, yep. And what I I was struck by when when I started looking back through this um, was just how many places in the Bible... This is really clear. Does the Bible talk about this? (laughs) A lot. Yeah. A lot. And that's the reason why we can't talk about it. So I'm just going to give a a few of these uh, to show how God is unchanging. So Psalm 102.25 says, Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe. They will pass away, but you are the same. Your years have no end. So the one who made the creation doesn't change. He yep. is unchanging. Uh, James 1.17 says, Every good gift every good gift, and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So oh, he, I love that verse. He doesn't change. Even the shadow. Right. There's no shadow. No chance of change. Yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of places uh, that Jesus, that God is called the rock. Just mm-hmm. one of them, like De- Deuteronomy 32, 4, it calls him the rock. This idea of his permanence, that God doesn't change. Um, I love 1 Samuel 15, where he contrasts God and man. Yep. He says, and also the glory of Israel will not lie or have regret, for he is not a man that he should have regret. Mm. God isn't man. He, he doesn't change. Uh, Malachi 3, 6, for I, the Lord, do not change. So just over and over again in the Bible, it's consistent. The, the witness of Scripture is consistent. He doesn't change. Yep. Um, and that's important because it, 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 maybe that's a little bit hard for us to get our minds around because our, our reality is change. Like we as people, day in, day out, yep. change. I mean, like the sun's going around, the, the earth's going around the sun, the day, morning and night. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, think about how drastically different we are from year to year. Yep. Now, there's people that come by at my house. There's some, I've got some old pictures up 
like yeah. from when Amber and I first started dating like 10 years ago mm-hmm. and then laugh at how much of a like I look like a kid yeah because 10 years ago I was totally looked totally different yeah um, you know 2007 was the year I graduated high school yeah that was the year that iPhone came out you're so young <laughs> yes I'm a baby I know uh, think about how different Wait, the world you didn't graduate is. what 07 from I high did. school I did graduate 2007 from high school I thought you were only a year younger than me you're old I'm young <laughs> but yeah, think about how much different the world is since iPhones. Like yeah. technology, the, the digital revolution has changed it is so crazy. much. Like the world. I, when I when I learned how to use a phone, it was on a rotary phone. Is that the spin around ones? Yeah, yeah. Nice. And it's not because I'm that old. It's just right. we were that poor back then. That's, <laughs> that's all we had. Yeah. So I mean, think about how much we change. Like my my college roommate warned warned Amber. Like, hey, when Philip gets up in the morning, he's grumpy. And my wife is like, no, come on. Like, yeah. it's Philip. You know, he's never, he's, no, I am a, I am a different person. <laughs> that first 30 minutes of the day, like, don't hang out with me. It's yeah. not fun. Um, just ask my kids who wake me up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. We, we, our constant has changed. So, so Tozer says, in God, no change is possible. In men, change is impossible to escape. And then also with that, like, thank God that God changes us. Yes. Like, we'll probably talk about this later, but yep. just like the whole idea when we're saved, once we believe in Christ, like, God changes us. Yep. And our affections change. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that is the beauty of this, and that's why this is important. Um, but we've, we, there, there's a few different places, a few different ways you could summarize ways that God's unchanging. Yeah. Uh, so you've got this list here from, uh, is it Steve Lawson? Yep. Yeah. So he's unchanging in his essence, the very core of his being. Uh, you're going to talk about all his other attributes. God's attributes don't change. His purpose, his plan, mm-hmm. that doesn't change. Uh, praise God that his word, his yep. promises, they never change. Uh, the people he loves, the, the recipients, the objects mm-hmm. of his love, his, his elect, his people, yep. his desire for us doesn't change. Um, and praise God, his message, the gospel, that doesn't change. Yep. If any of that changed... We we would we'd be lost completely lost. Yep. Um, so let me turn that over to you for a minute. What is God's immutability? His unchanging nature. What does that say about God's other attributes? Okay. Well, um, so as I knew we were going to talk about this, so I did a little bit of studying on the uh, unchangingness of God, and I came across this quote from Spurgeon. Uh, it says. The fact of his being an infinite God. And I'm going to stop right there for a second. So we talked about this yeah. in one of our other podcasts about God being infinite. Yep. And we, we talked about how it's not just a linear, like on a, a timeline. Like, okay, God existed from eternity past to eternity future, but on every single time stamp right. of that timeline, God is of infinite fullness. Yeah, he's fully present every moment of all so, history. Yep. It's so he yeah, exactly. So he's infinite in his fullness, in his length, in his breadth, in his depth. Yep. It full and infinite in every, every way possible. So uh, as like Spurgeon he was talking about that and he says if we have a healthy understanding of God being infinite. Right. Then it's, it's going to logically tell us that he is immutable, unchanging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the quote is, The fact of his being an infinite God immediately nullifies the thought 
of his being a changeable God. Right. Infinity has written on its very brow the word immutability. Now, you got to love like those old pastors, yeah. the way <laughs> yeah. they say things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so God's immutability, his unchangingness, what does that tell us about God's other attributes? Well, first, they're, they're so linked. Um, every single one of his attributes go together. Yep. And immutability, being not being able to be changed, we can say that about his other attributes. Right. So God's infinite, God's love, God's kindness, God's justice, God's holiness, God's power, his mercy, his knowledge, all of that is unchanging. Yeah. And so I found, um, listening to... I can't remember who this was from, but they used the illustration of a prism where light goes through a prism and then you see the rainbow. Right. And so all those colors are wrapped up inside that one light beam. And like that is God's attributes. Right. They're all, they all work together. Yep. They're all one in the same. Their purposes are all one in the same. And so his immutability, God's immutability, his not changing applies to all his attributes. Yeah, yeah. And that's crucial because, um, I mean, just imagine if God had all power in one moment and then another yeah. moment he didn't have power. Yeah. Like we would have no confidence in him. If yeah. he had all knowledge in one moment and then lost it in another moment, he wouldn't be God. Yeah. He wouldn't be God. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My turn to ask the question. Yeah. Is Jesus immutable is Jesus can Jesus change did Jesus change by being a human yeah I think that's important because uh, there's I think there's a temptation in all of us with anything that we say about God to restrict that to God the Father mm. and to, to, to in our minds limit Jesus to a man that walked on the earth for 30 years and that's it and so um, this one's tricky. Or it sound, at first it sounds like, well, of course God, Jesus is changeable. He was born as a baby, died as a grown man. Yeah. He changed. But in his essence, he didn't. And the reason I'm saying that is on the testimony of Scripture. So we just quoted a minute ago Psalm 102. And what's awesome... Are you basing your answer off of the Bible? Always, if possible, going to base it out of the Bible. So we just a minute ago quoted Psalm 102. Uh, and I love this, that yeah. the book of... Hebrews in chapter 1 verse 10 through 12 quotes Psalm 102 about Jesus. Okay. He says those same things that although uh, everything else changed, Jesus didn't. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 10 it says, And you Lord laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning and the heavens and the earth are the work of your hands. They will perish but you remain. So we just said that about God and now here Hebrews is saying that about Jesus. Uh, so all of Hebrews 1 is quoting all these different Old Testament passages yep. and applying them to the Son of God, Jesus. So um, that said he didn't change. So what, is it, what does that mean? If, if he didn't change and yet he grew up, so he changed but he didn't change. So yeah. the way that, the way that um, theologians have made this distinction is to talk about uh, his essence, who he is as God, and then him taking on the nature, the, the taking on human flesh. Yeah. So those two pieces of him, two parts of him, mm -hmm. are uh, described as the hypostatic union, which is a hypostatic union. Yeah, I know. I almost didn't say it, but uh, he 
in his essence so as was he God. half God and half man no he was fully God and fully man that's the only safe way to say it yes yeah. yes um, or truly God and truly man yes so he in in his nature as God never changed and never has changed yeah. never will change in his human nature he took on flesh bore our sins died yeah. on the cross and the reason that's important is that if Jesus could change then we would have no confidence in our salvation. Yeah. Our salvation is based on his, his past action on the cross yeah. and his current place at the right hand of the Father yeah. as our priest and our mediator, our Savior. So if Jesus could change and he somehow stopped being that, yeah. then we would have no hope. We would have no confidence because yeah. he could, he could lose, we could lose that at some point. He wouldn't be God if he could change. And he wouldn't be God, exactly. Yeah. So therefore, our sins wouldn't have been paid for. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right. So let's, we, we've quoted a handful of Bible passages, but if somebody has been reading the Bible carefully, mm-hmm. then they may say, wait a second. I can think of some places where it looked like yeah. God changed his mind. Mm-hmm. So we just don't read those parts. <laughs> yeah. Just, we don't cut things out of the Bible, Alex. That's right. It's all God's word. That's right. But... I mean, I quoted, what, seven or eight passages already about how God doesn't change. Yep, yep. What do you do with the passages that sound like he does change? Yeah, so first off, a good rule in the way we think about God and when we read our Bibles is we don't take one little verse and build our theology the way that we think about God off that one verse. So we take the whole Bible. Right. And so there's plenty of places in the Bible that it it, it tells plainly that God does does not change. Yeah, and it's not going to contradict itself. The Bible exactly. doesn't. If, if it seems to contradict itself, the contradiction is with us. I, yeah. We have the problem, not the Bible. We have something we need to learn. Right. To figure out. We need to. Yeah, and so uh, the the first one that I remember coming to, where I was just kind of like, "Whoa, it looks like God changes." Is Genesis six six. Yeah. And depending on your translation, it says that. God was sorry that he made man, or right. he regretted that he made man. Now, Genesis 6.6, 6, uh, in context, is where um, God is going to flood the earth and destroy humanity yep. except for Noah's family. Right. And, um, and, the, the, and so I studied this text because obviously God knows everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we haven't talked about his omniscience. But that's basically another big word to describe how God knows everything. Yep. Um, so God wasn't surprised in, in Genesis 6-6. Right. So why does it say it that way? Because we know God knows everything. God has one plan. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have multiple plans. God's not an, an old man who made a clock, and then he steps yeah. back, and he wrings his hands, and he hopes that clock keeps ticking right. and does what he hopes it does. No, God... God is, he has one plan, one purpose, and uh, he, he started from before time. And that's yep. what Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 talk about. Yep. God declares the end from the beginning, from yep. ancient times, things not yet done. So, what happened in Genesis 6, 6? Uh, <clears throat> when God says that he's sorry that he made man. And so, I, I find this illustration helpful. So, when we found out we were going to have a son, uh, Jay, um, I knew from the outset that um, I, I looked forward to being an, a dad, and there was going to be a lot of joy from raising a kid. Yep. 
But I knew there would be a time in that child's life where I would have to discipline him severely. Yeah. Um, did that, because of that, did I decide, well, no, I'm not going to have kids? No. Because the joy of having a kid outweighs the, the discipline. Even those times where I have to severely discipline him, those, the joy of raising a child's better than those times of discipline. Right. And so me, as a limited human being, if I think that way, how much more does God, who, who knows all things? So God knew from the outset that he would severely punish humanity mm. for their sin. But he knew what he was going to do through the cross, through redeeming a people, saving a people, uh, exercising how great he can love by saving a people who don't right. deserve it. He knew that from the outset. And so he, he, he knew from the outset that he would have to do that. And the reason the Bible says this is two reasons. One is we're limited people talking about a limitless God. And so we use language that we as limited people have mm -hmm. and to describe a limitless God. And so the best way in the, that humans can describe God in, in that specific time is that he's sorry. And that's important because in Ezekiel, it talks about God. He doesn't take pleasure and just destroying the wicked. Yeah. God is a God of love. God is a God of justice and holiness and righteousness. And, and he has his judgments that he will execute. But the Bible does not portray God as someone who gets pleasure mm -hmm. out of destroying the wicked. And so this is, how we can, this is how we can have a God who is loving, has one plan, but at the same time he's sorry yeah. that he has to execute his wrath yeah it says it grieved him yeah so that's a, that's a, the father illustration that's helpful to think about us with our kids yeah um yeah that's good yeah so okay so that may be true i mean we'll, we'll take that right that he's that's how we understand passages like genesis 6 6 but what if we back up a little bit okay and look at the entire old testament versus the entire new testament I and mean, we said his word doesn't change a minute ago. Yep. And we said God doesn't change. Yep. But those are pretty different, Old and New Testament. Yep. How can an unchanging God relate to his people in a seemingly very different way, Old Testament and New Testament? Yeah, that's a great question. And so <clears throat> what we see here is God's plan never changed. Right. His one purpose in his plan never changed. But the way he unfolded that plan, it looks like it changes if we're only zoning in on one part of that plan. Yeah. And so what I find helpful is like building a house. Yeah. When you're building a house, what's the very first tool you need? A shovel. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got to dig out for a footer. Right. Yep. Or a slab. Like I was being tested there. Yes. Well, I was <laughs> testing it, and you, you aced it. Good. Um, so what would be the second tool you would need? Well, let's say after the foundation. Uh, you're gonna put up the framing, yeah, or the plumbing, yeah. Well, no, not plumbing. Yeah, frame. you gotta you gotta frame up the walls before we can put pipes in. Okay, but yeah, and and depending on what we're building is yeah. what tool we'll need next. But yeah, so a wood house, we would need to start doing the framing, the wood framing, and so depending now, did we change what we were building no. even though we're using different tools? Right. No, we're still building a house, the same house. The plan never changed. Yeah. But the tools and what we use to build the house did change. So God's plan, the Bible, we do see 
as he's unfolding his plan, we see different covenants, but all these covenants work together to point to Jesus. Right. And so Jesus was not plan B or plan C. It was always plan A. Right. And that's his one purpose. Yeah, they talk about that as his, his progressive revelation. Yeah. That more, as we progress through the story of redemption, the history of redemption, we see God unfolding that. Uh, diff- it's, it's not that he changed, but his plan, his one plan has different parts. And they're all part of the one same plan that yep. is unchanging. So that's good. Yep. That's good. All right, but if God doesn't change, this is maybe the most important um, objection to ask you. Yeah, that's this. Yeah, go is ahead. prayer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I have an unchanging God and we've said He's infinite, He's in all places at all times. Then why pray fully? Then why in the world should we pray, Alex? Yeah, isn't He just going to do what He wants to do? <laughs> yeah. So that's a great question. Um, yeah. And there's a couple of ways to answer this. Uh, the first one is, our prayers do change things here on earth, but they don't change God. Right. And so then the, the question is asked, then why pray? What's the point if God's going to do what he wants mm-hmm. to do? Well, one is, I think of uh, Jesus when he's talking about uh, sending out missionaries. He says, pray to the Lord of the harvest yeah. to send out workers. Well, yeah. Why pray to the Lord of the harvest? Why pray to God? God knows who needs to be sent out, where they need to be sent out. Well, the reason why is because God wants us to get on the same page as Him. And so when we pray about something, we are getting invested in what we're praying about. And so God wants us to want what He wants. Mm. That's one thing. And also, prayer is the tool that God has ordained to accomplish His plans. Prayer is the tool that God has ordained to accomplish yep. His plans. Yep. And so it's not that we have to pray. It's that we get to pray. Yep. We get to be a part of God's plan by praying for the things that He wants. Hmm. That's really good. That, that's a really helpful idea. I've heard it said, and I may have even said it on here before, that if, if we can't hold two things in tension, yep. that in our mind are seemingly contradictory or seemingly... Yeah. At least, if we can't hold things in tension, we won't be able to get very far in the human in the faith. And so, is it important? It's because God's complex, right? Right. Is God unchanging? Yes. Does He use our prayers in His will, even though our prayers change? Yes. Yeah. So both those things are true. Um, and if we could fully understand that, yeah. If we could fully understand God, we'd be God. Yeah. Right. Or He would not be God. Right. Because God is limitless. We're only scratching the surface of who God is. Yep. Yep. The other reason uh, that we should believe in an unchanging God and that we should pray is that the Bible says so. Like, I think sometimes Mm -hmm. we want to argue with God Mm -hmm. on our terms and just use that as an excuse to disobedience, Mm. to to be disobedient. And I think there's a simple obedience here of just saying... I'm going to affirm what the Bible says. <laughs> Period. God is unchanging, and yeah. He told me to pray. Yeah. So I'm going to pray. That's good. Yeah. Um, so let's let's unpack some of these implications. Like, okay, we said God's unchanging, and answer some of the objections. But um, let's work this out a little bit into kind of how it relates to life. What would it mean if God could change, Alex? Like, if God, 
If God could change? If God was changing, what would that mean? Like, what are the implications? Well, he wouldn't be God. Exactly. Um, But, yeah, so a lot of theologians have talked about this. So to change would mean that God was imperfect and he needed to improve. Right. Well, if that's the case, if God was ever imperfect, he wouldn't be God. Right. And so God can't change just by the definition of who God is. Or it's like I've heard one, I can't remember if this was in philosophy or theology, but it said whatever you can, the biggest thing you can possibly think of, God's bigger than that. Yeah. And so, and it says if you can, so if you have an image of God in your head, but then you can think of something bigger than that, then the image of God you had in your head wasn't God. Right. And so God can't change because God is perfect. God can't improve upon himself. Right. Yeah, for him to change would mean he either gets better or worse, yep. smaller or bigger, yep. some, something like that, and God can't do that. It's it not possible. It wouldn't be God. Yep. Yep. Um, now, one, app, one, one reason I think that's important for us is uh, we hold to the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints, which we could take a whole episode on. Yeah. But essentially that, that we, as Christians who believe in him, we will persevere to the end, that God's going to hold us and that our, we can have assurance of our salvation. Is that possible? Yeah, God so, can, yeah, God so, can change? If God can change, can we have perseverance of the saints? Right. Can we? No. 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 So perseverance of the saints, uh, was that Philippians 1.6? Yep. He who started a good work in us will continue mm-hmm. it to the day of Christ Jesus. Preach. And so that's perseverance of the saints. That, Or like some of the Baptists call it, once saved, always saved. And so... Huh? Yeah. It sounds like a, when you say it that way, it's like a box to be checked. And like, hey, I prayed a prayer one day. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's not what that means. Right. And I know that's what, what you're saying. Yes. So God is unchanging. So therefore, when he saves somebody, he's not going to change. Mm-hmm. And so we can have perseverance of the saints. The saints, those who are truly God's people, will persevere to the end because God is unchanging right. and God's spirit the Holy Spirit is unchanging and that Holy Spirit is at work within us yeah. to keep us saved yeah. and so if it was up to us to be saved well we change Yeah, it's like I think I heard Johnny Mac say one time uh, if is it that was what up you to, call John MacArthur? I've heard someone else say it <laughs> you know Johnny Mac yeah. Um, okay. So I've heard Johnny Mac say, uh, if it was up to me to be saved, I would lose my salvation. Absolutely. And so, it, but thank God, and literally thank God, it's him yes. who keeps us saved. And because he's unchanging, he's the one who keeps us saved. Yeah, yeah that's really good. Let's base it a little bit more on the Bible. Isaiah 46, 9 through 10 says, and this is about God. Remember the things of old, for I am God. There is no other. I am God. There is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand. I will accomplish all my purpose. Amen. And so from the outset of creation, God knew the ending and everyone who would be a part of it. Yeah. And so there's no way that we can lose our salvation because God's the one who does it. Yeah. And so this also throws out some ideas out there that God uh, dis- like closes his eyes to the future hmm. so that he doesn't want to 
keep people from choosing him or not choosing him. God's the one who does it all to save yeah. us. Yeah. And so I love, I love these old Puritans. They have such a way of saying things. So like yeah. Jonathan Edwards says, um, the only thing that I contribute to my salvation is the sin, sin. that yeah. made it necessary. Yeah. 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 And if, so if all that was, I mean, if, if any piece of that's not true, you know, I mean, like if, if in any way where God is dependent on us for our salvation, or if we depend or dependent on us, yeah. we'd lose it. Yeah. We'd lose it. Um, let me throw one more out at you that, um, it's so good and comforting to, to think about God's attributes like His holiness and His yep. love unch- being unchanging. But let me throw a verse at you like Jesus warning uh, people in Luke 13. He says, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Yeah. And we just said Jesus, God, is unchanging. Yeah. What does that mean for a verse like that? Yeah, so <clears throat> there's two things that I want to say about that. One is... Or to this topic. One is that to the Christian, this idea of God unchanging is so, it brings us such great hope yeah. that our salvation is in stone. It's not going anywhere. Right. But it's also, it brings an amount of despair to the non-Christian. Yeah. Because the judgment of God, those warnings, they're not going to change. Right. On judgment day, he's not going to be like, you know what? I didn't really mean that. Yep. No, the warnings stay the same. The judgments yep. of God stay the same. Everything that's in God's Word is going to stay the same. Right. And so it gives us great hope as Christians, but to the unbeliever, it's it's despair. And yeah. it also pushes us to evangelism. Right. So we don't get any joy in that. We beg those who don't know Christ to come. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the day of salvation is today. Yeah. Repent and believe in God. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's 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 only despair <laughs> if you never repent. Yeah. If it's if it's just a clear it's just a it makes the warning much more stark and clear because if the person's saying, Well, that's yeah, maybe that's what God says, but I don't know if he really means that. You know, maybe when we get to the end it won't be, you know, quite like, no, this is an unchanging God who has said clearly repent or spend eternity separate from me and that's never changing never changing yeah um, and so I think that's really important it, it's easy I guess for me you know maybe it's just my optimistic nature to, to want to just dwell on the positive yes there yeah. but not hear that clear warning I think that was an important point you made yeah and so and that may to some people that may sound like oh this is schizophrenic God like which is it? is mm-hmm. he is he a one of hope and peace or is he one of judgment and the answer is yes Right. And it's so, the same God. Yeah, he's one, the same God. One and the same. And this illustration I found helpful. I heard this from John Piper. He said that, let's say you go to the uh, Pacific Ocean in California, and he says it's just roaring like crazy. Like it's just uh, just swells, just raging against the rocks. Right. He said at the very same moment in time, you can go to another spot in the Pacific Ocean, let's say Hawaii or Alaska yeah. or... Uh, down in Australia, and yep. it can be just like peaceful, calm, right? Not awake. Yep. Is that a different ocean? Nope. It's the same ocean. Yep. And so, how much bigger is God? This is a small illustration, but God is much bigger than yep. the Pacific Ocean, and um, and so He's not schizophrenic. He's one in the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Okay. 
You asked me a lot of questions. My turn. <laughs> All right. All right. So we obviously do change a ton, and God doesn't change. Why is that significant to us? Yeah, I think it's really important to break. And we, we've already talked about some of the implications, like the assurance of our salvation. Um, but I think you also just day by day, we change a lot. And some days, some days that feels like a good thing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we can back up and say, like, wow, there's... God has put, Ecclesiastes says, God's put the etern- eternity into mm-hmm. the heart of men. Yeah. Like we, we long for something that's stable and sure and steadfast. And there is just this, in, it's, it's, it's insurmountable, like this change, what it does to us. Like we're constantly changing. So we're longing for stability. We're longing for, for something that's constant. And we cannot find it in ourselves. Yeah. So it is incredibly comforting yeah. to know that we have a God who is unchanging. De- death is is terrifying to somebody who has no hope, yep. but to somebody who recognizes the unchanging, forever, steadfast love of the Lord, who has sent His Son and is permanently seated at the right hand of the Father yep. to intercede on our behalf, it's it's great comfort to us. Yep. Um, and so it's it's yeah, that's the first thing. It's comfort, but there's also I think there's this idea because what what we've said so far this this attribute is a way that God is not like us. Mm-hmm. This is God is immutable. He's unchanging. Yep. We are changing. We will never be unchanging. <laughs> we will always be yeah. changing. Yeah. And yet we lie to ourselves so often and we say things like I can't change. Yeah, it could be from a place of arrogance, like sin in our lives where we say we we see sin or we see something about us that's not that we don't like or that is sin and we just arrogantly say this is who I am. I can't change. Or I don't want to change. Just kind of yeah, so like you're I, stuck in sin. Yeah, I think there's two different sides here. You, okay. could be, you could be saying, I don't want to change. I'm not going to change. Yeah. You can't change me. You can't make me change. Oh, I see. Yeah. And so you're, you're that that is a lie of saying you're immutable. Yeah. You're trying to take on God's mm. attributes in a way that helps, that defends who you are. Yeah. And you say, I can't change. And that's a lie. You absolutely can and only by your, if they said, you know, I can't change them, you're right. Only God can change them. But you're right. the other side of that is despair of feeling like trapped in sin. And I think of people who are trying to repent of a sin. Yeah. And they feel like, man, I fell into this sin for the hundredth time. Mm-hmm. And they just feel despair. Like, I guess I'll never change. And that is a lie that the devil is throwing at you to yeah. keep you down. And so, I mean, we come to, there's all kinds of places, but maybe just one, 2 Corinthians 3, 18. uh, And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So we have a confidence by the Spirit who is in us that we can behold God. And that's what we're trying to do right here. We're trying to describe God so that people can see God better. Because when we see God better, He transforms us and makes us more like Jesus. Yeah. So to the arrogant person who's trying to defend their sin is like, this is just who I am. You know, and I think of uh, all kinds of uh, you know, sexual or addictive type behaviors. Well, people can use that and say, hey, this is who I am. Don't, don't question me. I'm not changing. Mm. That's only God doesn't change. We yeah. can change. Make yourself out to be God when you say that. Absolutely. And I think the same is true for somebody in despair where they're saying, I- I'm just stuck. And I can't, I'm in a rut and I can't get out of it. And so there's good news here. Jesus can change you. Yeah. The unchanging one can change us who is changeable. And that's, I mean, that's essentially, essentially what 
Jesus proved in the incarnation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. He, he is fully God yeah. and unchanging. And yet he came and tabernacled. He took on flesh to show us and to be with us, to be God with us That's so good. that we can change. One of Charles Wesley's hymns uh, says, And all things as they change proclaim the Lord eternally the same. That's good. So he, as, as we see this unchanging, this, this changing world around us, we're constantly aware, God, praise God, that he is eternally the same. All right, well, cool. This has been really helpful. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. And, um, and so I want to, you said something earlier. I think you were quoting Lawson. Yeah. Um, where we were talking about six things that um, we can learn or what it says about God, his unchangingness. And we'll hit those six before we yeah. wrap up. Yeah, go for it. So, uh, one, uh, God is unchanging in his essence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two, God is unchanging in his other attributes, his holiness, yeah. his love, his kindness. Uh, three, God is unchanging in his purpose. What he plans to do is not going to change. Four, God is unchanging in his word. What God's word says is not going to change. The, the promises and the judgments and the warnings are all there. They're not going to change. Five, God is unchanging in the objects of his love. And that gives us great hope. Those people that, that are God's, that are his people, mm. it, his, God's not going to change who he decides to love. Yeah. Uh, and six, the gospel does not change. Yeah. It says in the Bible that Jesus is our substitution. He paid for the sin for those who believe and repent mm. for those who trust, trust totally in Jesus alone for salvation and repent from their sins, turn away from evil. That's what that's what it says in the Bible. How to be saved, and that doesn't change. Never changes. There's not going to be a new program tomorrow nope. by some church for a new way to get saved. Right. That's the way to be saved, and that does not change. Right. We can trust our unchanging God to change us. Alright, well until next time, Alex, dwell on our infinite God. Yes, sounds good.